Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Unreal. All right, should we jump straight into Scripture? I think we should. All right, we are going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So listen to this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I want to speak to you tonight about having faith for the unseen. Yeah, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is living in a place where even though the bank accounts look pretty empty, even though the doctor's reports don't sound good, Even though there are aspects of my life that are messed up and messy, I'm going to trust His unfailing character. I'm going to trust um, who God is and the promises that God has for me in His Word. And as we put our faith in Him, He moves. I love Ephesians 2 uh, verse 8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves, it is a gift from God, Not not as a result of works so that anyone can boast. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You know, from these two Scriptures, we learn that faith is first a gift from God. Yeah? It's something that we can't strive for. It's something that we can't work for. Secondly, it's the only way that we can receive salvation. Thirdly, it's the only way to please God. Faith equals belief, which is agreement, plus action. You know, it's not enough just to believe in God. How many times have I heard people say, yeah, I believe in God, I've got a faith. Even the devil believes in God. But we need to add action to our faith. James 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but don't show it in your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Our faith needs to be seen in our actions. It needs to be seen in our lives. You know, a chair is often used to illustrate um, the difference between belief and faith, yeah? So belief is knowing and agreeing that your chair that you are currently sitting on will hold you and is, is made to hold you. But faith is believing that and then actually sitting in the chair. Yeah, there's a difference. Faith is putting our money where our mouth is and talking, not just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. And I don't know about you, but when I think about faith, I often think about those big extravagant external things um, that I'm believing for in my life. You know, I usually, um, the things that God will do for me and the things that God is going to help use me to do, the things that are seen. 
you know, faith for that exam that I've got next week. Not that I have an exam, but I'm just saying, if that was you. Faith uh, to land the job that you've been desperately wanting. Faith for that interview that you're going into. Faith to be able to buy your first house. Or faith to be able to go on that dream holiday. Faith for miracles in our finances. Faith that God would restore our families and our relationships. Or if we're getting a little bit more spiritual, we might go to um, faith to be able to invite our family and friends to church. Faith to pray for people who are sick and actually see them healed. Faith to see friends and family come to know Jesus and faith to be bold, to be able to evangelise and tell people about Him. We need faith for these things, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we don't need faith for these, these things. But it's interesting how we can get so focused on what we want God to do for us that is seen. And we forget that first and foremost, God wants to do incredible things in us that are unseen. And actually, what God does in the unseen is often the greatest miracle that He does for us. Interestingly, when um, in the Bible, when the apostles ask God to give them more faith, it wasn't more faith so that God could do more through them or for what He would do around them or, or for them. They asked for more faith for what God wanted to do in them. You know, they didn't ask for more faith so they could believe for a miracle revival and heaps of people, thousands of people coming to get saved. And they didn't ask for more faith so that they could go and pray for the masses and see the masses healed. They didn't even ask for more faith to be able to see miracles happen through their own ministries. If we have a look look at Luke chapter 17, Jesus says to His disciples in verse 1, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your, it's intense, yes. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, I'm sorry, you must forgive them. And the apostle apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, Jesus was telling His disciples, offences are going to come. It's going to happen. Okay, people are going to hurt you. And when they do, and when they say sorry, forgive them. doesn't matter how many times they hurt you, how many times they come back and say sorry, we still need to forgive them. And this is a huge request, yeah? This is challenging. But on hearing this, I love the apostles' response. Yeah, if it had been me, um, I don't know if I would have responded like this, but they knew what God was asking them to do was far beyond what they were actually physically able to do themselves. They knew that the standard that God was calling them to was incredibly high and too far above what they could do in their own strength. But they didn't dismiss it and say, that's too hard, no way. They didn't argue back and say, How can you expect this from us? You know, up till now, the law had said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And now you're, this is radical. This is outrageous. They didn't argue back. They said, Lord, increase our faith. When we read something in God's Word, rather than dismissing it or saying that's impossible, that could never happen, or I don't understand it, so I'm not even going to listen to it. Or that is such a high standard. I could never live up to that. Faith is saying, okay, God, if it's in your word, please give me more faith so that I can trust that A, your way is better than my way and B, you're able to do it in my life. 
You know, Jesus challenged the, the apostles with what was in them. And for them at that time, it was the unforgiveness. Yeah, but we've all got stuff going on in our hearts that God wants to bring restoration to. We've all got deceit, offence, pride, rejection, fear, anger, insecurity, bitterness, disbelief, lack of discipline. There's, the list could go on. We've all got stuff going on in the unseen of our life that God wants to restore. And we get to choose how we respond. Will we dismiss Him? Will we argue with Him? Or will we go, okay, Lord, increase my faith? which means increase my belief that you can do it and help me to add action to my belief and start obeying your Word, even if I don't fully understand it yet. You know, often some of the unseen things in our lives haven't just popped up overnight, yeah? You know, often these heart conditions and these hurts are a result of childhood challenges, trauma, learnt behaviour from our family of origin, um, choices that we've made, choices that other people have made. And it can be hugely daunting to even think or consider of letting God come in and actually touch that or look at it and restore. Maybe it's been something that you've thought, you know what, I'm never going to be able to break free of this. This is something that I'm always going to struggle with. It's always going to be something that I have to deal with. And I want to challenge you tonight to stop thinking like that. Yeah, I want to encourage you to ask God tonight to increase your faith for what He can do in you. I want to remind you that God's Word says that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, the old is gone. I want to remind you that the Word says that if you are in Christ, the same power that rose Jesus from the, from the grave is alive in you. I want to remind you that the Bible says that God is able to do far more than you could ever dream, ask or imagine. Yeah, the Bible says that with God, it is possible, even when it's impossible with man. And when the apostles asked for more faith, Jesus responded with, to them with, in verse 6. He says, If you have faith as small of a, as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Now, what I find interesting about this is that mulberry trees have a very strong and deep root system. Very hard to dig up, very hard to kill. And I think God is actually alluding to the fact that some of our offences, some of our heart issues have got deep rooted in us. And sometimes it feels impossible that they would actually be able to be restored and that we'd actually be able to be free from them. But God is saying that actually with a little bit of faith, He is able to uproot that deep offence, that deep hurt and actually free you and bring restoration to your heart, even though it might feel impossible. When we add faith, God can bring the breakthrough anointing. You know, for as long as I can remember, as a little girl, I had a big anger problem. Um, something wouldn't go my way and I would lose it. Um, we read earlier, you know, woe to those who make people stumble. For me, it was like woe to those who got in my way when I was angry because there would be like hairbrushes flying. One time I threw a hairbrush at my sister and it missed my sister. I threw many hairbrushes. But one time I threw a hairbrush at my sister, it missed her, hit the stained glass window and smashed out the stained glass window at our front door. Um, I had many holes in our walls or like behind the door when I'd walk in and I'd swing the door open in anger. There was like massive holes behind my door. One time I remember um, my, I had a pet rat. Um, I had a pet rat, which were actually really good. Anyway, they're pretty good animals. They're pretty good pets. They're pretty clean. But one time my neighbour was over and she, he dropped, he was my age, he dropped the 
the cage door on the rat's head and I got so angry that I dragged him down the stairs, kicked him out of my room, dragged him down the stairs by his ear. I was so angry. So... As, um, when I was about, when I was about, actually when I was about 14 or 15, my parents had left me home with my older sister and she was looking after me and I remember um, I, we were just having a disagreement. She was upset with me at something and I was sitting on the couch and at that point I was doing quite a bit of water polo so my legs were pretty strong and she was quite, quite little. She wasn't very strong even though she was older than me. But she was coming at me and I knew she was about to grab, she used to do this thing where she'd grab like in the muscle, like in, in your, has anyone had that before? It's horrible. Anyway, she used to do this thing when she was upset with me. She'd grab in there and I knew she was going to do it. So before she got to me, I like put my legs up and I kicked her away. But she actually went flying across the other end of the room and she was horrified. So she was like, I don't feel safe with you in the house. Your anger is this. And so she sent me to a Christian camp that my other sister was at. Um, and I was not allowed to be at home alone with her because she just didn't feel safe. She also, she also gave me, because I had such big anger issues, she gave me these um, uh, Chinese like meditation balls that you like have to twist around. Has anyone seen them? They chime and they, you have to twist them to calm yourself down. Did nothing. But <laughs> I had slight, massive anger issues. But you know what? As I grew... Um, my ability to express my anger got more advanced. So rather than just exploding, I would then do the silent treatment as well. So poor Ross, when we first got married, um, (sighs) when we first got married, um, Ross never did anything intentionally to upset me or hurt me. Um, But when we first got married, if he did do something little, I would lose it. And then I would get so angry. Then I'd do the silent treatment. And literally, it would take me days to get over this. So one little thing, and I couldn't deal with it. I would just get so angry. So, and he would be right there straight away. I'm so sorry. Hey, please forgive me. Hey, what can I do? And I would be shut off. Like, don't talk to me. I'm not listening. I'm so angry. So he would literally get the silent treatment for days. And then we'd finally go to bed. And he'd be, he'd, he'd be trying to talk to me in bed and trying to talk to me like, hey, babe, sleep, come on, let's talk about this. I'm so sorry, da 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 And I would ignore him and ignore him. And then he'd get so tired, he'd fall asleep. And then I'd be really angry that he fell asleep while I was still angry. And so then I'd like turn and toss and huff and like try and pull the blanket over and, and like make the bed really shake so that he would wake up. And he's like, sorry, sorry, babe, are you okay? I'm like, oh. and then I'd go back to my, you know, it was horrible. And I remember thinking like, God, am I, it was, But by the, it's true, it's true. I was horrible. (laughs) But I remember like, then the, the, the funny thing was that I would hold that for days. And then it got to the point where I actually would remember how petty the little thing was that had made me upset. Then I was too embarrassed to even tell him what had actually made me upset because I'd made it into this massive thing. So then pride got in the way. So then it just kept eating and eating. And I remember just thinking, God, am I ever gonna get free of this? Like, am I ever going to be able to be someone who someone upsets me or Ross upsets me and is like, oh, you upset me. Please don't do that again. That really hurt my feelings. Okay, great. Amen. Let's go. Move on. Because that to me was so foreign and was so far beyond what I could imagine because it was just something that I seemed to be stuck in this pattern of hurt and anger and frustration. And I remember, I need to have a drink. Feel free to have a drink. I feel bad drinking when everyone else is not. Have a drink. I think I just spilt it on myself. Yep. 
I legit just squeezed it on myself. <sighs> um, yeah, but I remember just going, okay, God, help me with this. Help me. And I remember going, you know what, I can't expect to go from this extreme anger and frustration to then not being like that. So I'd like, okay, next time I get upset, help me to just not be upset for three days. Help me to be upset for two days. And I honestly had to break it down. I'm like, okay, great. After that, okay, Lord, help me to just be upset for one and a half days. And then I just slowly bring down the increments and it really helped. Um, And so now, pretty much most of the time, babe, just be my accountability here. Most of the time, if I get upset, unless it's like that time of the month, but if I get upset, (laughs) it's pretty quick, hey, that I can say, hey, that upset me. Yeah. So I like, God's done something there. It's miraculous. Can anyone relate or is that just me? Thank you. <laughs> but you know what that looked like practically for me was rather than um, trying to keep holding on to it, trying to control, each time I just try to surrender it to God a little bit earlier, let Him in a little bit earlier, bring it into the light a little bit earlier. And it took a lot of humility. It took like, it was pride that held me stuck in that place. But as I grew in knowing God's love for me, I felt safe enough to let my guard down around my heart for Him to actually start restoring my heart. And there are things that I still struggle with. Do you know, it was 20 years that I've known Jesus this week. (laughs) Praise God. But there are still, you know, now things that I struggle with. And I'm like, there's like, it's been a long haul of, okay, God, I'm just giving that to you. Lord, help me with that. Help me with that. And I'm still believing for breakthrough. Things can break off pretty quickly, but then things can take a very long time. And I want to encourage you that God's grace and love for you is greater than your deepest hurt. You don't need to be afraid of what God will think or do when He sees what's really going on in you. I love 1 John 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. God loves you with a perfect love. That can be hard to fathom when we've been loved by such imperfect, twisted love. But God loves you with a a perfect love. He sees you, He knows you, but when you surrender your unseen hurts to Him and let Him in, He's able to transform you from the inside out with His love. And we often get distracted by the mountains that we see, you know, that that are in front of us that we need to conquer, the things that we see, you know, but we forget about the, the mountains that are happening inside us, the mountains that we need to conquer within us that are unseen. And often the mountains inside of us are more terrifying than what's in front of us. You know, sometimes we live for years with brokenness and pain and hurt from other people. And the thought of God wanting to do something with it can be so challenging that we keep tucking them away so that He can't see it or so that He can't reach it. Trying to hide it while still trying to pray for God to do what He wants to do in the scene, still trying to pray for God to use us, still trying to pray for God to, you know, um, do things for us and through us. And sometimes it's easier to have, well, for me personally, sometimes it's easier for me to have faith for the miracles that are on the outside because on the outside, there's less of me and I know me and I know that I have the tendency to stuff things up. And so if I'm praying for things that are on the outside, then there's less chance of me stuffing it up. But that's not true. God's power and His grace far outweighs 
our ability to mess things up. You know, the Bible speaks to this idea um, that we can get caught up more in what's seen and how we present to others than on the actual condition of our hearts and in the unseen. You know, Matthew 23 verse 27 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law. There's woe to you. Sorry. Um, And Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy and wickedness. You know, when you whitewash something, it's a deliberate attempt to conceal unpleasant or incriminating facts about a person. You know, having faith for what God will do for us and through us is not at all a bad thing. But it can become unhealthy when we are asking for God, um, asking God for faith when we're not asking God for faith for what He can do in us first. Yeah, let me say that again. Having faith for what God will do for us and through us is not a bad thing, but it can become unhealthy when we're not asking God for faith for what He wants to do in us first. God doesn't want to do a forks. Is that the word? Forks? Faux? (laughs) Forks. He doesn't want to do a fake work in you. Faux? What's the word? Faux. I've always said forks. (laughs) Praise Jesus. God doesn't want to do a fake work in you. He doesn't want to do a pseudo work in you. He doesn't want, um, He wants to do a deep and complete work in you. He doesn't want our lives to look great on the outside, but on the inside be dying and a mess. He wants genuine restoration from the inside out. I love John 10.10 says, uh, Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life is not a life made up of external stuff. A rich and satisfying life starts when God begins to restore our hearts, break them free from the pain and the bondage of sin. And only Jesus can do that. As we put our faith in Him and our belief, which is our belief backed up with action, He begins to move. God doesn't want our external lives to be a cover up for our internal lives. He wants the external to be a reflection of the internal. Not perfect, but growing in strength, growing in love, in value, in peace, in purpose that comes from His gracious love. I want to ask you tonight where is your faith focused? Are you focusing on building a faith? for what is seen, what other people see? Or are you focused on building your faith for what God wants to do in the unseen? Because what He wants to do in in the unseen is crucial for what He wants to do in the seen. What He wants to do in you is crucial for what He wants to do through you and for you. And we need to remember that it's our internal transformation that sustains the external. Without the internal, the external miracles are short-lived. You know, I've had seasons where my focus has been predominantly seen, yeah? Predominantly building and um, praying for faith for what other people can see. Gosh, it's stressful. You know, it's hard work trying to pretend that you've got spiritual maturity that you don't have. It's hard work trying to juggle everyone's perception of you. And yes, seeing God move in the outward, but not having the inner maturity to actually be able to manage it well. 
And I used to, as a, you know, as a young mum with my kids, I used to um, build blocks, you know, towers, block towers with, them, with the kids. And you'd always encourage them and teach them to do the bigger blocks first, yeah? Strong foundation. They'd always just put the tiniest little block and then the whole thing would fall. But not always. Some of them are in here. They, they got it. I just realised some of my kids are listening. <laughs> well done. <laughs> But the same thing happens when you only focus on what is seen rather than seen first. The tower is shaky. You know, the miracles that God wants to do in your life will set you up for the miracles that He wants to do through your life. I want to um, just share a couple of things that are evidence of someone who is growing in um, their faith for what is in them, the faith for the unseen parts of their life. So the first thing, the first bit of evidence of someone who is growing in faith for the unseen is they're growing in surrender. You know, there's an understanding in them that God's grace is stronger than the pain of change. There's an understanding that His way is better than our way. And the surrender isn't dependent on if we feel good about it or not. There's also a growing authenticity. Yeah, there's an understanding that we are loved by God unconditionally. And while we're not perfect, we know that God is working in us and transforming us. We don't need to cover up what's going, what's going on in, on the inside anymore because we're confident in our God who is working. The third thing, a um, bit of evidence, is that we are growing in confidence. You know, there's a move from pleasing people to pleasing God. Yeah, He's already approved us. He approved us when he died on the cross for us. So I love how Pastor George always says, we've got nothing to prove, so we've got nothing to lose. There's confidence that comes from that. Also, we grow, we're, we're growing in peace. You know, trying to maintain a polished external appear, appearance when our hearts are a tangled mess is so tiring and so stressful. So when we actually can let go of that, it is, it's incredible the peace that comes. Lastly, we are growing in speech. Our words come from the overflow of our heart. And so when we start to get healing and restoration going on in the deepest and the hurt parts of our hearts, it actually starts to come out in our talk. So when we start to get value in our hearts, our words start to speak value about ourselves, about our lives, about other people. I'm just about to finish, but before I go, I do want to give you a few practical tips for how you can action your faith for the unseen parts of your life. You know, next time you read something in the Word of God that confronts something in you, or maybe someone gives you a bit of feedback that confronts something about your heart condition. One, I want to encourage you, don't dismiss it or argue it. Ask God, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, help me to put action to my faith now. And then two, bring someone on the journey. So you're going to ask God to increase your faith and then you're going to action that faith by doing the following. You're going to bring someone on the journey with you. Bring it into the light. Get some accountability. Book a coffee with a pastor. Open up about it with someone who's got some spiritual maturity. Do a course to help you grow in that area. Be open to getting professional help, counselling or something. Sit down with your spouse and share about what's going on in your heart. Okay? God loves you. He wants to do incredible things in your scene. But He also firstly wants to do incredible things in the unseen parts of your life. So let's keep asking Him, increase our faith. Lord, transform me from the inside out. 
miracles will happen in us, which will then be able to sustain what He wants to do through us and for us in Jesus' Name. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.